Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. How's it going, everybody? Top of the world. So good. Coglin's Law. <laughs> Coglin's Law. I was going to make myself a cocktail, but I'll stick with the brew. You can graduate. Yeah, meanwhile. It's going to be a long podcast. It's 10 in the morning. What are you talking? Well, that's the thing. When Mike texted, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll have a cocktail. And I was like, oh, fuck, it's 10, 15. I can't rationalize that. You know what they say? Look at Amin with his standards and discipline. It's 10 a.m. somewhere. It's true. Vegas. Oh, I feel like I want to throw up already. How did 10 days in Vegas treat you? What happened in Vegas? I mean, it stayed in Vegas. Mm. No, that's not how herpes work. Not if it's HPV. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, future callback to another line. <laughs> <in this program. laughs> I believe in communism. Rom communism, that is. I don't know that this is a rom-com. It's not. <laughs> I don't know what IMDb is thinking on this one. I did laugh. Was there even romance? It wasn't, wasn't romantic. Nothing that I saw in there was romantic. Well, that's where I'm going to push back on you. I thought the whole thing was very romantic. It romanticizes something, but not love. It romanticizes drunks trying to give advice. I think that's what it romanticizes. I don't know that I would take advice from a bartender ever. And I feel like that was apparently a thing. You think it romanticized that? Yes. I think it tried to. Was it the suicide that really drove that point home? Spoiler alert. (laughs) Too soon. Oh, I didn't know we were going. I thought this was still banter. I decided to uh, break up with analog notes just for this one. Wow. Wow. Graduated to analog notes, graduated to a beer. Wow. Wow. Speaking of banter, there's a scene in here, a banter scene where I literally just overdosed. I had foam coming out of the side of my mouth. My <laughs> eyes would roll back into my head. Which one? Because there's like nine of those. Oh, no. There's, there. one, there's one in particular where circuits started sparking and my head started spinning like a 50s robot. Oh, there's so much. Uh, well, I gave a term to it. Yeah. There's a lot of tension in this there's one. A lot, there's a lot of tension. <laughs> 
Just fuck already. Oh my God, that's my note. I could not imagine spending three hours on something that I didn't like (laughs) after 10 minutes. You don't like it. You are a weird individual to keep watching. What are you, nuts? You dedicated a week of your life to dislike something? Get a hobby, knit something, go for a walk. Previously on Cinephobe. How am I supposed to go back to the me before all of this pain? Excuse me, we're new in town and we've never had sex before. Would you give us a hand? I would have rather seen his cock. Out of way, Bobby! This episode in this movie exists. You bet your sweet ass I saw a lawnmower, man. Oh, Teddy. I'll call some guys from my neck of the woods. We're not talking, Brooke, about a couple of queens who know a few grapples. We're talking about Polacks that don't have a goddamn future. You have a stupid heart and a stupid brain. Regular Einstein. You think I'm a coward? You're wrong. I'm not a coward. You're the coward. I'm not a coward. I love cocaine. I do it all the time. I'm sorry, you guys. I don't mean fag like homosexual. I mean fag like retard. I got nukes shooting out of my dick right now. I've got so many nukes. Dick nukes. I mean, look at this buffet of ass. Mouth to dildo, dildo, ass, ass to ass. Hi, Branch. Anal bees. I'm the goddamn talent, Maze. Look, Gene, I've never told anyone this before. My head! But I can suck my own dick. And I do it a lot. 1038. This movie is shit. You don't know shit. Holy shit, bro. I had the same note, too. I swear to God, both of you guys are the biggest fucking liars in the world. Howdy, howdy, howdy. You should have saved this for the train. All right, au revoir, Lubin. Lisa, solid. Oh, I mean, why don't you just be like a regular person and dream about regular threesomes? Like clones. Give me some soul, kisses, baby. Hey, beautiful. Oh, dang. Oh, oh, I can't indulge this comparison to a person that I mean may or may not know in a movie that has nothing to do with this podcast. That's some 20th century shit, bitch. We will tangle ass. Say hi to your mother for me. And you will lose. What's the end game? Okay, now everyone's dead. What is fucking Spence from Ballers? Who cares what the end game is? Garbage! I am <laughs> Cinephobe, the podcast. We break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin Al Hassan. That's Anthony Mays. Patreon.com slash count the dings. You get all of the extra holiday episodes. We have game shows. We have a game show coming up, Mays. We have the glossary coming up. That's the next thing we have to do. Patreon.com slash count the dings. Get all the extra stuff, not just for Cinephobe, the entire Count the Dings network. If you have a review, review that some bitch. Apple Podcast. We do not care what you say. Just make it five stars. Insult us. Compliment us. Doesn't matter. Talk about anything. Talk about Cleveland Browns offseason for all I care. Just leave it on Apple Podcasts with a five-star review. And if you have a submission, submit it. This needs to be 40% or lower on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience score or the critic score. August is rom-com month. Anthony May started off with Saving Silverman. Amin gave us What Men Want. I gave us what happens in Vegas. And then we took it to the polls and in an absolute wipeout, 
with 66.1% of the vote, I was selected as the champion for Saving Silverman. And what did I choose, Zach? The 1988 drama romance comedy Cocktail. And we couldn't do Cocktail without executive producer of the Levitard Show and Friends Network. Everything across that network. This guy's got his fingerprints all over it. Mike Ryan Ruiz. Mike, thank you for joining us for Cocktail, which you contend should not qualify for Rom-Com Month. I don't know how this happened, but I'm so happy I'm here because I think it was almost a year ago where I reached out to you. If you ever do Cocktail, (laughs) I want to review this film with you. What poor judgment putting this in rom-com month. You should sit on this episode. I'm telling you. No, we should just let it. This is not a rom. Okay. Not a com. I'm not sure what this is. It's a tale of two separate movies. Mm -hmm. Either way, I'm happy to be here. And I just left a review for you guys touting my excitement over Jadavian Clowney pairing with Miles Garrett. Of course. There you go. Five stars. Five stars. What are we drinking? We're going with uh, Red Eye? Local fare. <laughs> Not the Red Eye. Uh, this is uh, the famous time before he finally gives in, takes a shot. I'll stick with the brew. But uh, this is a uh, Highlight IPA, which is my favorite IPA done out of Cigar City, done out of the shithole city, Tampa, Florida. But it's delicious. Maze, do you have something different than drama, romance, comedy? No, it's romantic comedy drama. It's a dramedy, a romantic dramedy, a romantic comedy. <laughs> romantic Ramadan. That's what it is. It's crunch, though. It is officially crunch. What? Tom Cruise month is crunch. Mike Ryan delivering on his promise to return for crunch. And Mike, this is your chance because for a long time, that abomination, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, was our most popular episode. So it was recently eclipsed by Batman versus Superman for some reason. No, not for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think when they did the Field of Dreams baseball game that all the baseball players were wondering who the hell the guy in white was that was just wandering around the field looking like he lost his car? And then like Tim Anderson said, oh, I think that's Superman's dad. And they're like, oh, shit, that movie was terrible. Yeah, let's go say what's up to Superman's dad. Martha. I could not have given less of a shit about the Field of Dreams baseball game. And I love baseball, but I don't like that movie. I don't care if they play in a cornfield. Play on the fucking moon for all I care. Like, I don't care. Just play a baseball game. I don't need Kevin Costner there. I don't need any of that. I loved it. Let me do the sports radio thing. Amin Hassan. if you were to do a Field of Dreams, but for basketball, where would you do it? Probably in a housing project in New York City. Rucker Park? <laughs> they come out of different buildings. Come on, let's do the Christmas Day game at Rucker Park. Hawks, Knicks, Rucker oh, Park. <laughs> well, you kind of did that for a while with Indian Wells, right? The outdoor game. That was fun, man. That was fun. Was it fun because you were in Indian Wells? You know what? Indian Wells wasn't that fun as a place. Native American Wells. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're clear. It's 2021. Our PCs are. Come on, guys. <laughs> it's 2007. Get with it. It was different. It felt different. You felt special for a preseason game, if you can. I think the one that's forgotten in time is the UNC Michigan State when they played on the aircraft carrier. Who forgot it? No, it was so stupid. Who I forgot, forgot it? it. I, forgot I think it. about that monthly. That was awesome. And I love the Field of Dreams baseball game. I'm disappointed you didn't like it, especially since you've already done the hard part, which is liking baseball. <laughs> But I hate that movie. The movie sucks. Never seen that movie, so. It's boring. And it's dumb. I'm very excited that it's crunch. Can I just sit in the corner during several recordings? I don't even need to say anything, which is going to be very hard for me to do. But 
I'll just sit in the corner. Just pop in whenever you want. I'm so happy Tom Cruise month is here. I think this is the only film that might even qualify because he only makes bangers. He does only make Wrong. bangers. What? Wrong. Let's get to it. We've got cocktail starring Tom Cruise making his cinephobe debut. Thomas Mapather IV was coming off of Top Gun and The Color of Money in 1986. He had this movie in Rain Man in 1988. Which of these movies is not like the other, guys? Three of the greatest movies ever in cocktail. <laughs> And then born on the 4th of July in 1989. And all of those movies are sandwiched by future cinephobes Legend and Days of Thunder. Get ready to be shocked. Days of Thunder is cinephobe eligible? Days of Thunder is awesome. And it was filmed on location in Daytona. My brother-in-law is actually born in Daytona. And he has a photo of Tom Cruise holding him as a baby because they just camped out in that town for six months. It's It's an amazing photo. That's like the beginning of Saving Silverman, where yeah. Steve Zahn was <laughs> pregnant at the Neil Diamond concert. What is more impressive, that your brother-in-law was held as a baby by Tom Cruise and has a photo, or that semi-friend of the show, Ian Carmel, gets a cake from Tom Cruise every Christmas, even though Ian's Jewish? No, he doesn't. Ian Carmel wins that. Not every Christmas. Every Christmas. Not every Christmas. Yes, every Christmas. He just needs to get it for one Christmas, and I wouldn't shut up about that story. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's every Christmas. Every holiday season. Ian just moved. How does he know his address? I'm sure they send it to fucking CBS. Yeah. Oh, that's not to Ian. Then. That's it's addressed to Ian. He sends Ian a cake every single holiday season every single christmas care of less moody this is where amin goes call ian carmel right now right now yeah. call, him. Call, him. <laughs> call him call him right now tell him how we shared the cake tell him <laughs> did you mean less moon vest he did <laughs> yo the moony was the name in the movie that's I got. <laughs> oh that's why yeah that's why not because you couldn't remember me to her yeah disgraced former cbs although julie chen now goes by julie moon vest which is always Uncomfortable. For him, wouldn't it be I too? Because me too is the women are. Are you drinking? No, no. no. <laughs> is this a type five you've got going on here? No, no. Listen, <laughs> me too refers to the women who were subjected to this stuff because they are the subject. So it's me. When you're the object, when you are the person perpetrating, it is I. So and not necessarily because saying I too doesn't really makes absolutely a lot no of sense. sense. Yes, it does. Yeah. I too molested women. That's what that means. Who did that? Me too. No, no. See, that's incorrect grammar. It's like saying Zach and me are going to the store. That's incorrect. It should be see Zach and I. But they both mean the same subject. So it'd be you two, if anything, Bono. Right. No, me too means the women. The women are saying me too. Brian Brown, repeat <laughs> offender as Leland Van Lu and along came Polly. He had FX, banger, and The Good Wife, not the TV show, in 1986. He had this movie and Gorillas in the Mist in 1988 and Prisoners of the Sun in 1990. If you go to Joshua Tree, does that mean you get YouTube? Oh, I don't get the reference. What? what? I know Joshua Tree is a place, right? Out in the desert? Two Americas. Have you heard of U2? Yes, I have. They had an album called Joshua Tree. Did not know that. None of their songs were on the White Chicks soundtrack, so it means not familiar with the catalog. I know dick all about music, and even I know that one. Is that the one that was like forced onto everybody's iPhone, even though we didn't want no, it? No, 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 no. No, I wish. Joshua Tree is a great album. Elizabeth Shue and Kelly Lynch are in this movie. Shue was in Adventures in Babysitting in 1987 and Back to the Future 2 Bang. in 1989. Oh, yeah. I got excited. Followed up by Back to the Future 3. Banger. Both. 
Dang it. She's also in Future Cinephobes, Hollow Man, Palmetto, and The Saint. You could have shoe month. Mm. Kelly Lynch had an episode of Miami Vice in 1987, this movie and Bright Lights Big City in 1988, and Warm Summer Rain and Future Cinephobe Roadhouse in 1989. Oh, you're doing Roadhouse? Also Future Cinephobe Virtuosity and Kelly Lynch repeat offender from Mr. Magoo. I wish I knew how to quit you. Lisa Baines from Young Guns is in this. Lawrence Luckenbill from Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. The hell of a name. Repeat offender, Gina Gershon from Showgirls and the Goods. Too many fucks? I don't know. It's kind of like all the nipples in that movie Showgirls. Halfway through, you don't even notice anymore. You just kind of get sucked into the narrative. I dated Gina Gershon once. That makes me happy. She also had Red Heat in 1988. I bet she did. Only once a month, Zach. Ron Dean from Above the Law, The Fugitive, Rudy, The Client, and Straight to Video, Wild Things 2. Ron Dean is also one of the corrupt cops from The Dark Knight, Wurtz. They're all corrupt cops. Mm. <laughs> James Eckhouse. A-cab. A- a- from 90210. Just chilling in the background of this movie. It means working on a delay, but I want to give him kudos on a delay, too. That was a, that was a solid joke. I didn't like that. <laughs> Cocktail was directed by Roger Donaldson. He directed No Way Out, The Getaway, Species, Dante's Peak, 13 Days, The Recruit, and what I'll assume is a future cinephobe, Seeking Justice, starring Nicolas Cage. Every time I hear species, I think of Gronk saying species man. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to call (laughs) Tom Brady a specimen. He called him a species man. I mean, he wasn't wrong. It reminds me of 30 Rock, which you don't watch, but Dr. Spaceman. Dr. Leo Spachemin. Spachemin. Played by Chris Parnell. Mm -hmm. How white are we feeling, guys? Just try, trying to get a mean to bite on anything we're throwing out so far in this intro. I mean, it's checked out because he hasn't been drinking. He just spent 10 days in Vegas. <laughs> I don't know what he's watching. You watching First Take or something? What are you watching on TV? I'm doing research. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is he scouting this early? <laughs> Not scouting. Research. Mike, do you know what scouting is for a mean? Is it usually a white claw? Well, it's a white claw of a different sort. <laughs> it's him looking at pornography that he's going to masturbate to later. <laughs> Not now. He calls that scouting. <laughs> Makes you wonder what he was doing in those Phoenix Suns front offices back in the day when he was supposedly scouting. This movie is also written by Haywood Gould, who wrote One Good Cop and Something Called Double Bang, starring William Baldwin. hey He also wrote the book, Cocktail. This was based on a book? Yes. <laughs> based on his <laughs> memoirs of... Being a bartender and... It was a book of poetry? Writing in his spare time. Wow. Wow. Semi-autobiographical. I'm going to say it's not semi-autobiographical at all, other than he was a bartender. That's what he claims. The book is different. Synopsis for Cocktail. A talented New York City bartender takes a job at a bar in Jamaica and falls in love. Interesting. Not even close to covering close. all tough. the shit yeah, that happens in this movie. This movie is very hard to describe. <laughs> also, about 80% of this movie does not take place in Jamaica. Just a good 20 minutes is all. It's like what happens in Vegas. At least what happens in Vegas, they get to Vegas pretty quickly. Right. And then everything else is the aftermath. There's a shit ton of movie before he goes to Jamaica, and there's a shit ton of movie after he comes back from Jamaica. And in between, there is a sliver of Jamaica. And it's definitely not the most important part. No, and not at all. It could have been South Beach. It could have been Daytona. It could have just been a different bar in New York. 
It could have been Jersey Shore. It could have been anything. South of 14th Street, anywhere. Would you like a tagline for cocktail? We have two. Please. Give me a double. When he pours, he reigns. Uh, uh, R-E-I-G-N-S. Oh, like he's the king? Wait, what came out first? Rain Man or Cocktail? Because I think they're just trying to piggyback off of the Rain Man success. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good question. I think Rain Man came out in 1988. They both did. They both did. The- yeah, that's what I said earlier when I was <laughs> talking about Tom Cruise. I thought you said 89. He was too busy typing in Yenny Leon. <laughs> Other t- <laughs> tagline for this. They thought he was good. They were wrong. He was the best. <laughs> Which I don't really, I mean, doesn't really do anything for this movie. No. Cocktail came out July. Rain Man came out in December. Ooh, Christmas movie. Feel good story. $20 million estimated budget. I mean, now that they put it in my head that you're just looking at porn, that you're advanced scouting, it, it's a very unsettling image just looking at your face while you occasionally give us yellow Cool J. Yeah, I think there's a reason that we normally do this podcast with that video. Right. Yeah, it is unsettling to see oh, that. Yeah, no, yeah, you, you could never. What? What? You never do this on Ooh, video. Wait, who are you talking to? <laughs> us or whatever you're looking at? $20 million estimated budget grossed $78.2 million in the U.S., $171.5 million worldwide. This is a certified hit. Crunch. Before we jump into this movie and the rest of this podcast, Cocktail is a rental. It's no longer on HBO Max, which it was on there for a long time. That's a shame. It is a shame. Rom-com month turned into date night month. It's kind of expensive. Cocktail receives 7% from critics on 44 reviews (laughs) on Rotten Tomatoes. Unbelievably low. (laughs) 58% from the audience on over 100,000 ratings. Amin, would you like the positive or the negative reviews? I'm a cocktail glass half full kind of guy, Zach. Give me the positives. You empty that motherfucker, so I don't think you are. <laughs> I don't think your cocktails are ever half full. He's half cocked. Well, everybody's just thinking about the negative. Well, I think the glass is half full. Everybody thinks it's half empty. David Nusser of Real Film Reviews. Cocktail kicks off with an entertainingly lighthearted opening stretch revolving around Brian's initial entry into the world of bartending. Really, a review so much as like a synopsis. That's because he he got up and left after the first twelve minutes. <laughs> a great uplifting movie. <laughs> Oz of efilmcritic.com. Yeah, it's watchable. That's it. <laughs> Who is he agreeing with? At this I, that's, a, that's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who else is saying it's watchable? At seven percent, he might be on an island. Someone asked him, "Is it watchable?" Yeah, that's what. Yeah. We've got some user reviews for the positive. That's because it. we're because we're out. <laughs> we're out. There was one other positive critic review that was just like three out of five. User Tommy K, five out of five stars. Okay. <laughs> well, that might make sense because Bruh is a beast pimping next dimensionally worldwide. Gets out his range, tries to trick a good girl for an older stallion, gets burned. His buddy learns the hard that his lady ain't loyal and business is brutal. Tough but true. Hard knock life. 1988 review. Oh, I thought it was left by Fred Durst. (laughs) Did it all for the cocktail. No. No? Okay. User Michael W. Three out of five. We'll just keep it rolling, rolling, rolling here on the reviews. No. This romantic drama was pretty good. Tom Cruise, Brian Brown, Elizabeth Shue, Kelly Lynch, and the rest of the cast did a pretty good job in this movie. The plot to the movie was dramatic, funny, and kind of depressing. It's about working hard for you want and fighting for the woman you love, no matter what the circumstances are. 
If you haven't seen this movie yet, you may enjoy it. It wasn't spectacular, but it was a good movie. That's my opinion. Other than the last five minutes of the movie, who fought for the woman they love? Right. Nobody. It's a lot of nagging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mystery, yeah, Matador, mystery. and... and uh, the final ingredient of the red eye, the neg. User Paul K. Three and a half out of five stars. One of those movies the critics hate, in this case, a lot, by the insane 7% voting that I sort of like. Guess since I got out of the military and one of my first jobs was a bartender, I could relate mm. to this movie. Yeah. By no chance was I liking to get rich doing this like these hot shot Manhattan guys. But that was a fun part of my life. Cruz is one of my favorite actors, and I pretty much like all his movies, and he's good here too. His attempt to go to college and falling asleep in class is exactly what happened to me also. <laughs> good review of his life so far so this guy is living the exact first 20 minutes of cocktail but never went to jamaica until tom cruise starts getting pussy and it's like oh yeah it didn't happen oh yeah now okay, yeah, it's foreign to me i found a connection point in that i've also spent a good chunk of my life in a tgi fridays you <laughs> sir <laughs> Catherine l same note too four out of five stars Without question, Tom Cruise's finest movie. His nuanced performance reveals subtle truths about New York in the late 1980s while <laughs> obliquely addressing the complex relationship between alcohol and material success. Gina Gershon has a standout role, foreshadowing her future cinema st superstardom. <laughs> in it for four minutes. Stood out to me. <laughs> I mean, stood up to me. Well, if she thinks that this is Tom Cruise's best role, I could see how she also thinks that Gina Gershon was a superstar. It did forecast the typecasting that would come her way for the next 20 years. That's true. User Sterling R, four out of five stars. Sterling the drink. Ooh, this is our first four-star <laughs> review. A criminally underrated Tom Cruise film that isn't as fantastic as his other films, but had a good story, nice music, and a plot that worked fine. What does criminally underrated mean? You got to go to jail for how much you underrate it. What are you in for, murder? What about you? <laughs> I throw <laughs> cocktail. <laughs> you monster! User AINS085, four and a half out of five stars. We're ascending. This movie is just fun and a good laugh, too. The banter between Brian and Doug is entertaining to watch and well written. Not a film to take too seriously or seriously at all by any means, but a great escape. And I liked how Brian gets sucked into working at the bar. Parentheses having a great laugh along the way, in parentheses, while trying to juggle college work of an evening. The scene where Brian is in class and the teacher is ripping into everybody's work and then gets angry at him for falling asleep. He then gives as good as he gets. Ah, he said it. Say the teacher hides in school to escape the real world. For me, there are deeper themes in this film, like suicide and how Doug just couldn't deal with the mess he had gotten himself into. He had left a note for Brian with typical Doug humor, while at the same time, sad, made Brian realize that he was too proud to ask for help and he didn't want to end up like him. This film is worth a watch, but if you're into Downton Abbey, then go watch something else. Otherwise, have a laugh and a cocktail or beer or two while you get transported back into the time of the 80s. Was suicide a theme? It wasn't really subtle. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, that's how Len Pascarelli used to write his Monday morning column. It was just like... <laughs> just a real stream of consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> User Richard H., four out of five stars. Honestly, one of the classics. It's not Tom Cruise's best film, but it's a must-see. Ignore the negative reviews. Go in with an open mind. Not to expect too much. And just enjoy the ride. I know Gina Gershon did. User Michael M, five out of five stars. 
legendary movie, So Lifelike. Lifelike? <laughs> Wait, was that the same dude who served in the military and became a bartender and fell asleep in class? And then two more positives. User Stuart C, five out of five. Why the hate? This film is simply brilliant. And user Scott F, five out of five. This is clearly the greatest movie of all time. I have no idea why so many of you clowns are giving this a thumbs down. This has been an inspiration to so many people showing that life is all about living and not about the money. Whoever thought this is some sort of theatrical masterpiece is a fucking idiot. This movie is all about having a good time and all of you thumbs down people can eat a dick. Hashtag truth. That's not what happened. Got aggressive. That's not at all what the movie is. Everybody's chasing money the entire movie to the point that it ends people's lives and ruins others. They're still chasing money. At the end, too. At the end, too. Yeah, he started a new business. To get money. To be successful. To franchise it out. He reads two books. It's like... Too soon, Mike. (laughs) It's just all about chasing money. Negative reviews. Stop being a pessimist. This tank is not half full. It's half empty. Brian D. Johnson of McLean's Magazine. Cocktail is a vacuous throwback to Saturday Night Fever without the cultural novelty. <laughs> or impact. <laughs> Script is spiked with some comic lines, but overproof doses of inadvertent humor kill the effect. I don't even think I found inadvertent humor. No, Mean doesn't agree. It's a good look on a podcast medium. You guys thought that was advertent humor? I didn't find really a, a lot of humor in it outside of the bartending scenes. And one scene in particular that I won't too soon you. The bartending scenes are great. The suicide's pretty funny. <laughs> the suicide is, <laughs> yeah. It was a real knee slapper. <laughs> Peter Travers of People Magazine. Traverse City. As if realizing that his star hasn't smiled for 15 minutes, Donaldson tacks on a goody-goody ending that would shame the Care Bears. How to sum up what went wrong? Cruz has a line in the movie, flat beer, from Rusty Pipes. It's like the first line of the movie, isn't it? Literally the first, yeah. I feel like this is not a happy ending whatsoever. Uh-uh. It's a toughie. It's a sad ending. Unless you find the suicide hilarious. What are you talking about? It's an incredibly happy ending. Mm-mm. Okay. I got shoehorned into fatherhood. I don't know about that. We'll discuss. We'll have a serious first take debate on whether or not this was a happy ending or not. Jack Garner of Gannett News Service. Ultimately, the ideas in this film fall as flat as stale beer. And honest emotions are as watered down as cheap whiskey. This cocktail is definitely on the rocks. You know what? Fuck every reviewer who comes here with their pun work. Get the fuck out of here. Kathy Burke of United Press International. Cocktail is so steeped in corn, the drama seems comedic, and the comedy is about as funny as a hangover. (laughs) That was a good movie. Richard Corliss of Time Magazine. Make your Corliss Williamson reference. No, no. Every time. Cocktail is a bottle of rot gut in a Dom Perignon box. Champagne goes in like perfume, comes out like sewage. As a woman is possibly dying on the beach. He just decided to give his little quip about champagne. Oh my God, that scene. He's a poet. (laughs) Sheila Benson of LA Times. The pairing of old hand Brown and young hand Cruz may have been meant to remind us of Cruz and Paul Newman. If so, think of this as the color of counterfeit money. Wow. Wow. Which is the same as the color of money. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a stretch. Carrie Ricky of Philadelphia Inquirer. It may not be a megaton bomb, but cocktail is definitely of the Molotov type. Did you know that these puns were coming to me? No, I didn't know. It's good timing. It's the first time all episode. TV Guide staff of TV Guide. 
with no fewer than 17 of Donaldson's favorite rock songs and a complete lack of dramatic impetus. Cocktail would fare better as an extended play music video. It is heavily influenced by MTV at times. Absolutely. The music video for Kokomo is basically this movie. Yeah. I had to remind myself that Kokomo was a contemporary song when they go to it. Yes. That's not a, hey, you know, it'd be funny if we play Kokomo here. Yeah. It seems like really cheesy and corny to use Kokomo in that scene until you realize like Kokomo was basically written for this scene. It literally was. Movie, yeah. yeah. I had no idea because I thought it was at least 20 years older. No, man. You could tell by the by production and like even the, the way the Beach Boys sound, like they came back into the booth to make this one. David Starrett of Christian Science Monitor. Stare it long enough and it'll fall off. If some other drug were treated this way in a movie, lots of outraged people, including parents and politicians, would be up in arms. But it's only alcohol. The reasoning seems to go. So it's all harmless fun. Goddamn right. Yeah, you can't get a job shooting meth for other people. Like what? That job exists. Really, Maze? You of all people. You've never been to Chico? Not with flair. <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm flipping the needles. I'm lighting the bulb. <laughs> no, if you're just like fucking tossing needles time. dramatically into people's arms. Catches it behind his back and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no look over his shoulder and it lands right into the vein. Roger Hurlbert of South Florida Sun Sentinel. Herbert. Cruz's name on the marquee is plenty to ensure the success of the film, even if it is lopsided shallow and slips the audience a Mickey at the outset. Whoa. <laughs> Couple quick ones. Variety staff of Variety contains nary a surprise. Disagree. Disagree. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a <laughs> huge surprise in this film. Rupert Smith of Time Out. If a visitor from Mars needed a crash course in sexism, this would serve. That's actually accurate. How about that? Yeah. When was that review written? Because in hindsight, that's an easy review. Right. Kevin A. Ranson of MovieCrypt.com. Shaky, not stirring. Like a cocktail. Mr. Bond. And then Rita Kempley of Washington Post. Cocktail is mud in your eye. I don't know if that's a poop joke or not. I don't know. Yeah, I was wondering. Cinephobe is rapidly approaching its 100th movie, which is kind of a big deal, guys. Is it? Isn't it? Welcome to Cinephobe. Well, yeah, we're growing. Also, welcome to a big deal with Cuts Clothing. They're having a month-long celebration to commemorate five years of dressing you up or down for anything, I mean. Baby. Zach, as you know, five years ago, Cuts founder Steve Borelli set out to create clothes for every occasion the modern man faces. <laughs> Remember that? From what men want? This does sound like what men want. Yeah, well, Steve Borelli's got the blueprint. And since then, Cuts has become the Tesla of t-shirts, hoodies, polos, Ooh. sweatshirts, Get and more. From their signature buttery soft Pro tri-blend tees to their cozy Hyperloop French Terry fabric hoodies, Cuts elevates clothing, staples with cutting-edge fabric technology. GQ Magazine calls the classic tee, quote, the only shirt worth wearing. And you know what, guys? I agree. The only way I'm not wearing cuts is if I'm shirtless. That's right. I mean, cuts is premium with a purpose. Every piece is crafted with custom engineered fabric and a comfortable fit without compromising on timeless, universally flattering style. You know me, I'm a tall guy compared to short people. Most shirts don't fit me quite right, but with cuts looking stylish and it feels great too cuts hoodies are so soft everyone's trying to steal them your mom your dad 
everyone trying to steal me. Girlfriends, wives, other people's wives. Everyone wants a piece of me. That's right, Zach, because that's how we're doing transitions on this thing. This month marks the cut's fifth anniversary, and they're doing it big with two, two collection drops. What? A product launch and a week-long special event. Join the celebration. Get 15% off site-wide by going to cutsclothing.com slash ding. That's C-U-T-S clothing.com slash D-I-N-G for 15% off and access to anniversary events all month long. Amin, what is your first note? First note is this is how I imagine all white people like to have fun. Riding in a car, honking their horn 8 million times. And like climbing out a window and waving at a bus. I have a lot of notes scattered throughout of this is how Amin imagines white people. Dot dot dot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I thought it was just cops driving a a drunk guy because I forgot that he was ex-military. And then they cast the one black guy. So I'm like, okay, delete the white privilege note. <laughs> I'll just go with Tom Cruise hasn't fixed his teeth yet. Do the military have sirens or did they Mm -mm. steal that? Or like, what's the deal? That's not a whole lot of logic to it. Okay. Suspend your disbelief. Luckily, we're going to just going to move right past his little bumfuck town covered in snow, wherever the hell he's from. My first note was previously on Cinephobe Sound. (laughs) That's what gave it to me. I love the neon signage for the credits. It was good. I think that's a nice touch. The song is very 80s and we have... Tom Cruise and a bunch of dudes chasing a bus. How does a car like that have a sunroof, by the way? Where was the sunroof? Because he was sitting in the back seat and then standing up through it pretty easily. I think it was just a convertible, wasn't it? No, it wasn't a convertible because there's a side shot that we get and there is a sunroof. I believe it's one of those 80s front row is just a bench type cars. Yeah. And so he was sitting in the middle of that front bench. Why don't you just drive to New York at this point? because he's he's trying to catch a bus not a plane just keep it going yeah by the time you catch the bus you're basically halfway there now your buddies can go into the city with you if you drive all the way to the city how else can we get the travel montage guys or him accosting a young child that isn't his not a young child that is repeat offender mikey from Look Who's Talking To. No. Wow. Is it? You're fucking kidding me? It's, no, it's no not, you made that up. Oh, okay. We all look alike. <laughs> no, because he holds the baby and he says, look, Mikey, New York. It's a big town. And, da, da, da. and I was like, oh, shit. It's Mikey from Look Who's Talking To. They pulled the Greyhound bus over and now we have a traveling montage. He's reading how to turn your idea into a million dollars. Fresh off of exposition presses. He is reading his ass off, by the way. Those eyebrows are going up as he goes line by line. Like, I believed he was reading. Was there anything inside the book, you think? Or was it just blank pages that he's pretending to read? It's just pictures of Nicole Kidman. Dianetics. That's all it was. <laughs> Dianetics. We see the Twin Towers. Too soon, guys. Always uncomfortable for me, man. Cruz is holding a baby that isn't his, telling him that they're going to own that town together. It's Mikey from Look Who's Talking To. Not his baby. Fun story. My dad just took a train trip across the country and posted a photo of him holding a random baby. So apparently this is something that happens when you take travel is you just befriend random children. Are we going to have to take this train trip? When are we going to do this? Hold on. (laughs) That's where you left on as opposed to how excited May sounded about Apparently you just take pictures of random babies. Cruz is looking in the city at a bunch of dog walkers. He gets off the subway at Vernon Jackson or something. I don't know. Oh, no, no. It's a Queens. My next note, Amin will likely give us some New York City layout exposition on the pod. (laughs) He was on the 7. He was riding on the 7. 
I was like, oh shit. Fantastic. No one picked up after their dog in the 80s, by the Nobody. way. Nobody. Yeah. No, there was shit everywhere. Not in that city. He runs up to Uncle Pat's bar. Careful, you'll throw your back out again. So, home from the exposition wars, huh? He's been fine servicing all the widows in the neighborhood, which I wondered, am I to believe that Uncle Pat is just waiting for husbands to die so he can bang all these women? He's a bartender. As this movie has made infinitely clear, that's what you do as a bartender. You just the culture. rail pussy all day. But the other thing was, you know, they say, oh, Brian, you're back from the wars. What fucking wars in 1988? They got some timeline stuff. That's messed up. And there's a very small detail. But by the way, that George Foreman fight was like from 15 years ago. So yeah. he bet on an old fight. <laughs> is it a period piece? We don't know. Edge of Tomorrow? It's from this guy's memoirs <laughs> when he was a bartender. So maybe it all just blurs together because he was wasted the entire time. Cruz has a beer in his hand, flat beer and rusty pipes. If you knew how I missed you. You might have changed, but they sure didn't beat the wise guy out of you. No chance of that. Bar banter. <laughs> Love it. Pat saved the apartment for Cruz and he subletted to a couple of yuppies for the purpose of exposition. By the way, I believe the same LSU Georgia play goes on the TV three consecutive times yeah. during this scene. <laughs> we get uh, him saying, I still rem- remember the day they came to repossess it. Yeah, well. So what are you going to do now? No transition in that conversation at all. <laughs> I'm going to try to get a job on Wall Street without a degree. Make a million. <laughs> McDougal can give him a job while he's waiting to make that million. And Cruz says, no way. It was good enough for your old man. So was arthritis. Bar Bar banter. banter. Poppy talk. Cruz will not fall into that family trap. Pat says it's a buck for the beer. You don't get rich by giving things away. There's an old balding man scowling, just nodding his head in approval. And Eddie. Pat says that he never gives away any beer. I've been here 25 years. Never bought a drink. Right, Eddie? Yeah. I could testify to that. In 1969, the Mets won the World Series. Eddie here starts piling on the bar, demanding uh, a round on the house. Drinks for everybody, he says. Tell, tell him what I did, Eddie. <laughs> he whacked me with a club. Almost knocked the eye out of my head. Does Eddie just have one eye? One eye, Eddie. That's your way of making money? You outwork, outthink, outscheme, and outmaneuver. You make no friends. You trust nobody. And you make damn sure you're the smartest guy in the room whenever the subject of money comes up. That would go on to create Survivor. (laughs) I think Stone Cold Steve Austin watched this film before he came up with a gimmick. Yes. There is some real thievery by Stone Cold Steve Austin in this movie. Cruz says it doesn't sound like too much fun to him. You want fun? You go play at the beach. It's winter, by the way. (laughs) Future callback. (laughs) Pat gives him 10 bucks. Tom Cruise tries to give it to Eddie for drinks, and Pat intercepts it. All I could think of was the Allstate commercial with the old man. You got to be quicker than that. He's dangling the dollar bill on the fishing line. Looked like the same actor, too. Yeah. Cruise looks through a chain link fence at Manhattan, and then next thing you know, he's getting off the subway in a suit with a newspaper and a briefcase. 20 CB. As he's walking out that subway, there are two bros with brown leather jackets who are just fucking with everybody. They're shoving people. They're knocking into people. And I kept thinking, oh, these are the guys he's going to have to owe money to at some point, right? Never comes back. Never come back again. They're just two assholes in the middle of this scene of extras. Just like this scene in Staying Alive, we've got our hero walking to a shitload of offices and just getting rejected. And we're gonna need a Mont- 
montage with the Donald Trump hair, by the way. Worst hair he's had, right? Yes, by far. Took a lot of hacks in this movie alone. Just while he was looking for a job. He's lying a lot. It gave me Stugatz vibes. Like him just saying whatever he thought was going to was gonna work to get the job. Oh, so Stugatz from him reading a book, turn your idea into a million dollars to trying to get a job on Wall Street without a degree. He is handsome Stugatz. Montage of the Wall Street and advertising interviews and network interviews. Him get rejected. He doesn't have degrees. He doesn't have credentials. He kind of looks like a sickly vampire in this scene. He does look a lot like the vampire Lestat. <sighs> File. He walks by a bar with a help wanted sign. Bar is closed, says Brian Brown. He's looking for the manager. What's the matter? Find a hair in your quiche? No, I'm looking for a job. I see. You want to put a hair in someone else's quiche? Bar banter. <laughs> then out of nowhere. Coglin's Law. Anything else is always something better. Coglin's Law? Douglas Coglin. Logical negatives. Flourished in the last part of the 20th century. Propounded a set of laws that the world generally ignored. To its detriment. Me. Quite a self-exposition introduction, especially yeah. while making this drink and finishing it off with the cracked egg. You guys know what goes into the red eye, right? What? Ounce of vodka, six ounces of tomato juice, float of beer, a cracked egg, and a healthy dose of expedition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you were ah, nailing it. Damn it. Oh, it's a shame. Exposition. If only we'd done 100 episodes of this podcast for you to get enough reps to... <laughs> Know how to say exposition. I was looking at a Ford Expedition on my TV. Is that what he's fucking? <laughs> no, they lift the gate up in the back. Is that what Lexington steals? Railing on. <laughs> I've got some porn videos and some monster truck videos and one, one that's, that's both. both. Uh, does Cruz know how to make a red eye? No, he hasn't had the pleasure yet. What about a vodka martini with a Pernod float? He's a fast learner. Ever throw a 400-pound psychopath out of a bar? Could if he had to. What about a 100-pound ballerina that's been speeding for three days? Just open the door and let her pirouette out in the street. Bar banter. They lost me. I was so lost. Like, what's, are these drinks? A <laughs> 100-pound <laughs> ballerina? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Off the jump, you already know that this is one of the most overwritten oh characters God. in the history of cinema. There's a whole book on this shit? Aaron Sorkin wrote one character <laughs> in this film. <laughs> he wrote one character. Doug says the Upper East Side is the saloon capital of the world. So what did I do? I googled saloon capital of the world. It corrected to salon capital of the world, then asked if I meant salmon capital or melon capital. So if you'd like to know the salmon capital of the world, Catch a can, Alaska. The melon capital of the world? Beardstown, Illinois. Not Melonstown? Not Melonstown. Saloon just does not seem to be the appropriate word. I feel like that has really gotten left behind in history. Saloon makes me think of the Old West. Horses. Right. Those doors. Not TGI Fridays. <laughs> if someone comes into a place asking where the, the nearest saloon is, I'm like, that's a cop. <laughs> <laughs> that's chris whittingham yeah. or a cowboy or a cowboy yeah, or a sheriff it's chris whittingham <laughs> hey you guys know where i can find the nearest saloon <laughs> you would totally do that doug asks if he's ready for the big time as he downs a drink he made with an egg you ready for the big time welcome to tgi friday <laughs> bitch go back to applebee's you're not ready for tgi fridays <laughs> that's some real ruby tuesday bullshit you're pulling <laughs> So the whole time, I didn't realize, I thought it was literally just a regular bar. It isn't until much later until we get an overhead shot. I'm like, <laughs> hey, Guido, take your it's ass to Olive Garden. Friday. You're not ready for the big time. 
that shit may fly. It's Sizzler. <laughs> but you're here. You're here at the show. Who do you think this is? Oh, hula hands? <laughs> pop up a loop up. A lot bamboo starts playing. I just want to go into random places and hit him with a whoop, loop, bump. Close the door to see if I get the call and repeat. If you do that, all the bartenders and waitresses will activate it instantly. <laughs> a whoop, bam, boom. <laughs> like a sleeper cell. Yeah, someone will curl the, their bangs in the front, put a cigarette pack under their T-shirt. A whoop, bam, boom. This bar is chaos. All of a sudden, everyone's wearing a vest. And flair. People are shouting at him. Get your act together. Vodka and roses, please. I got four people waiting. I'm not going back with three drinks. Koopa Libre. Pussy Navel. Koopa Libre. You bitch. I'm not a fan of that word, but that was laugh out loud funny. He kneels down and Doug hits him in the head with the cash register. And he is acting his ass off when he gets hit oh, by the yeah. cash register. <laughs> If you're going to sit in the water, go to Coney Island. <laughs> the movie ramps up here. Oh, yeah. This is my favorite stretch of the film. Excuse me, can I have an orgasm? It's the exact same voice as the girls in Johnny Be Good saying, we've never had sex before. We're new in town. Do we have an orgasm? <laughs> Chris, Chris screaming, you bitch. Why didn't you tell me it was a rum and coke? <laughs> you bitches. It's a good point, though. It is. I didn't know Cuba Libre was a rum and coke either. And it's because Brian Brown hands him a whole drink manual with all the ingredients and names and stuff. Oh, me, next time you're in South Beach, you got to go order a Cuba Libre. Three Americas. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise, I know what a Cuba Libre is, was really heartbreaking. Would I order a white wine? A white wine. A fire chuck. A white wine. This is just pure chaos. Tom Cruise, deer in the headlights look, knocks out of the park. I also love the waitresses. They're great. Pretend shocked face when she gets called a bitch. End of the night, his socks are drenched. The shirt doesn't match. Disgusting. And they're fucking thigh-high socks, too. Why are they? Why are his socks so high? I've never worked in a bar before, so can you guys confirm or deny to me that while working at a bar, your socks get wet? I've never worked in a bar before. I have had wet socks at a bar. When you suck at making drinks and you're just yeah. flinging liquid all over the place, I can see how shit. that would <laughs> Maze, that is so dead on because these are terrible bartenders. The examples of good bartending in this movie is terrible bartending. There is alcohol flying everywhere. We're going to get to it because I got a lot of notes on how these businesses are run. I do not understand the business model. Waitress tries to give him 10% of her tips. He says he doesn't deserve it. Hey, schmuck, you get money from girls every day? Apologize for calling her a bitch, and she says she is one. Why? I am a bitch. I thought she'd become a more, like, regular in this movie, but no. One more scene. That's it. <laughs> yeah, she goes on to a pop career as Meredith Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a child. child. I'm a mother. I'm, I'm a, a sinner. sinner. I'm a saint. I'm a saint. There it is. <laughs> File. Doug calls him Frogman. He says, anybody who can get money out of her is a major talent. Come back next Thursday. I have five shifts open. He has five shifts open on Thursday? What? There's two bartenders. How many shifts are there in the day? It's TGI Fridays, not TGI Thursdays, Zach. That's true. That's a good point. The waitresses hate me. 
Well, you wait till you've given them crabs. Then you'll really know hatred. You can never recreate the smarmy smugness of Doug. <laughs> he pauses and he's lighting a cigarette. He was so proud of spreading a sexually transmitted disease. Like, no one's been that proud. Dude, the whole staff. Is that a congrats on the sex moment? <laughs> congrats on the dirty sex. <laughs> we still doing humble brags now he's registering for school and he's in class he's lost but his hair looks a lot better he got a good haircut cut to doug teaching him the essential technique to bartending less is more see because he's learning at school but he's also learning at work short pour long pour dazzle him with ice work yes baffle him with bottle work <laughs> many ways to fool them Ice Mountain, <laughs> Spring Thaw. I thought that was a drink. I thought all these were drinks. <laughs> the Spring Thaw, the Speed Rack Shuffle, the Hot Shot. You'll learn them all. Yes, Obi-Wan. Reference. Cut to bar time. Can you explain to me what he was doing with the flopping hand thing with the waitresses? Absolutely not. He said that's the point, that there is no point to the hand. It was just his magnetic personality there was nothing to it they were holding it down and they let it go and he's like oh it's got a mind of its own oh they even ask him what's the point of that he's like yeah. there is none we're just filling Sad. time in this movie <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to dazzle with tossing bottles and shakers around and he's fucking it up but they love it he's been there one day and he's already flipping the bottles and shit what the hell ladies are eye fucking him and one girl says what buns once again staying alive tony monero as the cocktail waitress every single customer is a woman who's objectifying him i hate bartenders who do this shit with a passion just pour my fucking drink where do you go that they're doing the fucking hippie hippie shake like what are you talking about <laughs> i've told this story before but i'll tell it one more time I was in New Orleans. This was All-Star Weekend 2017 or whatever. And I'm walking with Pablo and Bomani, and they wanted to indulge in some stuff that I don't do. So I was like, oh, you know what? Let me get a drink, and I'll, I'll join you guys. Good sports television? <laughs> Continue. <laughs> We're at a part of Bourbon Street. Banter. <laughs> Bar banter. <laughs> We're at a part of Bourbon Street. This fucking where, guy. <laughs> where if you go further down Bourbon Street, you enter like the gay section, right? So I'm like, look, man, I'm a grown man. I'm going to get drinks, man. Like, I don't give a shit what kind of bar it is. It drinks or drinks, right? So I walk in. The bartender is shirtless. He's got suspenders and leather pants on. And I'm like, Okay, but like, you know, I'm going to order my drink and then get the fuck out of here. And as I like just about to say, hey, can I get a, you know, there's a woman at the end of the bar who gets his attention first. So he turns around as he walks towards her. I realize those aren't leather pants. They're assless leather chaps. Still unperturbed. I said, you know what, man? Look, you're going to make her a drink. You're going to make me a drink. I'm going to be out of here. It's no big deal. And that's when he started making her drink. And he's flipping the shit up in the air and catching it behind her back. And I said, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> Walked out. Went to the next bar down. Also a gay bar. Regular bartender. Hey, man, can I get a Cuba Libre? He was like, got you. <laughs> pop, pop, pop. Paid and I left. So you're intolerant of bartending. 
not gay people. That's the moral of the story. Yeah, he didn't walk out when he saw the assless chaps. Did he not. walked out when the guy started flipping bottles. Well, did he have a nice ass? Oh, yeah, there were cheeks, yes. Okay, so he, he had wagon? No, no, no. You know, because part of it also is like, you, know, you work out too much, then it becomes a little too sculpted. Mm. You want the Pat Mahomes sweet spot. A little motion in the backfield, as they say. Speaking of motion, he goes for the beers again, dodges the cash register door. Miss me. High five. <laughs> More knowledge. More knowledge from Doug. See, the name of the game is woman. Little darlings come in a panting. The little hearts are pitter-patting for the handsome, all-knowing bartender. And in their wake, a parade of slobbering geeks with one hand on their crotches and the other hand on their wallets. You get the women, you get the bucks, and boy, oh boy, you got them. Buttons were popping, skirts were rising. When you can see the color of their panties, and you know you got talent. <laughs> Stick with me, son, I'll make you a star. Oh, I'm problematic. <laughs> He's a problem. Cruz says thanks, but it's a part-time gig. Business program at City College. That's the other thing. No offense to City College, but that's his big break to Wall Street is City College? Well, all he needs is a degree, Zach. Like, as long as he's got a four-year degree, that's all that matters. That's actually the first five chapters of how to turn your idea into a million dollars. Go to City College. Go to City College! <laughs> Exclamation point. He slides Tom a shot. He'll stick with the brew. Beers for breakfast around here. Drink or be gone. Peer pressure is fun. Doug has a drinking problem and an assault problem. Yeah. That is my big impression from the start of this movie he's got a problem with pussy too he's just an asshole he is he's but he's an asshole with an accent so charming yeah it's charming makes him charming yeah cruz does the shot back to classes they have to write their own obituaries cut to him at the bar after hours with typewriter and he's reading what he wrote billionaire governor wealth and fame would make jd rockefeller jealous died at 99 while fucking his 18 year old seventh wife ha, ha, not ha. great 18 year old wife i was just like what was the point of that but more importantly if you had to write your own obituary what would you say phobe maze nailed it i mean aren't we all aiming for the same ceiling here this is what men want ah previous info you said it <laughs> Heat and five. <laughs> <laughs> a means would be, give me a Cuba Libre. <laughs> <laughs> He's falling asleep in class as he gets instructions for the midterm paper. Teacher catches him sleeping. Teacher's furious. Cut to addicted to love playing and he's slinging drinks. You know who the teacher is, right? Oh, yeah. Who? He is the neighbor on the Jeffersons that works at the UN. Paul Benedict. He's also the guy that everybody thinks is Guffman in Waiting for Guffman. Hmm file good movie my next note this is how a mean thinks white people dance <laughs> not only is it how white people dance it's how white people dance that make other white people say oh he's such a good dancer that's the thing the travolta yes <laughs> i don't want to hear anything about knocking the dance moves this bar looks so fun if i could go to any bar in cinematic history at any moment it's this scene because there is so much fun. No chance. You know what bar I'd like to go to? One where I can get a fucking drink. For <laughs> fucking real. That's what I want. Yeah, would it be fun if you were sober? Come on, man. Stop DJing and just make the goddamn drinks. I want to sing Addicted to Love at the top of my lungs. 
while the guy's like turning the volume down and turning it up. I think you want to bartend there, Mike. Yeah. I think that's your situation. Is you want you want to be behind the the three feet of mahogany there? Just pour my drink, then dance later. That's it. like do whatever the fuck you want. Just give me a drink. No one ever gets served a drink in this movie. No one ever has this much fun at a TGI Fridays. <laughs> It was the 80s. It was a different time. But they were still playing Robert Palmer's Addicted to Love. To this day. <laughs> Current day TGF. Yeah. To this day. A girl is eye-fucking him. He tells Doug he has serious fuck-me eyes coming over here. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. And Doug, just like Coakley in Hall Pass, he knows all the tricks. He sees the old man coming in right behind her. And yeah. does old man mean... Boyfriend or dad? Either or. It apparently means formerly known as Bruce Jenner because that's oh, exactly what this dude looks like. I had like. the same note too, <laughs> <bro>. Bruce Jenner. <laughs> Bruce Jenner acting his ass on, by the way, in about three seconds there, pretending yeah, to be upset. Big time scowl. <laughs> Cut to the end of the night. He's doing homework or maybe this is the next day. It's kind of hard to tell with some of the lighting in these scenes. Yeah. It's the next day. He's doing bottle trick practice while he studies. The cook informs him of the time and he's late. He yells, he's doing the best he can. Sexual frustration. Teacher hated everybody's papers, by the way. Calls them bankrupt. A word some of them will get to know in the future. Jesus Christ. Hey. Like, that is yeah. not encouraging at all. That's City College, no less. <laughs> not even you're going to be broke. This isn't Wharton. You're going to be bankrupt. Relax. <laughs> you got a mom... And you're taking classes, man. I know, Jesus. It's like an alternate universe. TGI Friday is the most hopping bar in town, and City College is basically Harvard. <laughs> also, it harkens back to a time where Donald Trump was like a respected business comp. Yeah. Right. The Michael Jordan of blank. It used to be like, oh, anybody with any sort of business aspiration, they would just say, you're trying to be Donald Trump. It's wild to see that. Almost as wild as seeing the Twin Towers in a movie. It's like the... Fifth reference on Cinephobe in this late 80s, early 90s window where, yeah, he was just the name that you threw out that everybody knew. It's also as about as wild as seeing this man with a mullet and Larry Bird's mustache get made fun no, of no, for no. one to sell makeup for pets. Fetch, Ronnie, <laughs> fetch! Not a man. Ronnie LaMaster. By far the greatest <laughs> fake name ever used in any movie ever. I wanted so much more Ronnie LaMaster in this movie. As soon as I heard his name, I said, I hope Brian and Ronnie become best of friends. And a woman who looks like dollar store Kathy Bates. He says she spent 20 years burning her husband's dinners and now wants to become the Donald Trump of the cookie business. Dollar store Melissa McCarthy was my note. You can have racist cookies. Is that the Donald Trump of the cookies? Orange cookies. Cruz whispers to her and the teacher wants to know what he said. It wasn't worth getting upset about. Asks his name, finds his paper. Jack Daniels menu specials. <laughs> he wants to franchise the local New York Tavern, a.k.a. TGI Fridays, to every suburban shopping mall in America. Wait, is this the origin story of TGI Fridays? I really thought so. I just kept joking. Oh, you mean like a TGI Fridays? Because I did not know where he worked. You didn't see the signage. I didn't. Not until like I think the next scene where I say, oh, oh my you didn't see the the unmistakable white and red stripes. Do you think it was a barbershop? I dug into the research a little bit. One of the guys that was uh, the founder of TGI Fridays would tell people that Tom Cruise played him in a movie, but there didn't seem to be any other connection between TGI Fridays and the creation of this movie, like the writer didn't work there or anything. It was just a weird, weird overlap that, yes, his whole business plan is the TGI Fridays model. Did TGI Fridays pay for the promotion in this film? They had to have, right? There's not a lot out there for connections between 
the restaurant in this movie. Because that's the only way that there's no way that TGI Fridays is that popular in a movie without like paying money for it. Yeah, it can't be. By the way, the way Professor Asshole throws Tom Cruise's paper in the sky, it lands perfectly mm-hmm. on his desk. It's a water bottle trick, man. <laughs> he Jimmy Butler statued. And- he did. <laughs> <laughs> Do you intend to supply the smell of stale beer or perhaps a surly bartender and three boring drunks to each outlet? You looking for another job? Ooh. Ooh banter. <laughs> a diamond in the rough, the dreamer who can't take the criticism. Not from a guy who hides here because he can't hack in the real world. Ooh. You can't hack it in a TGI Fridays. <laughs> Paul Benedict has a great voice, by the way. He does have a great voice. Now we're back to the bar. Cruz says what the professor says doesn't mean anything on the street. Doug says he's ready to graduate. What street? (laughs) Fucking Fifth Avenue. Madison Avenue, Wall Street. (laughs) Also, you can't scoop ice with a glass. It's a dangerous game. Terrible John idea. Taffer would shut it down immediately. You just can't do that. Cruz wants to know how bartending is going to get his hands on the wealth surrounding them. We get the asinine ramblings of a bartender is an aristocrat of the working class. He can make all kinds of moves if he's smart. Investors, angels, suckers, rich women with nothing to do with their money. Callback. Future. You can stand in this bar and be struck by lightning. I've seen it happen. Shall I continue? Bullshit. Now they're walking drunk and singing Chantilly Lane. They recite the lines like a mean tries to recite any song. <laughs> well, sure. Doug says a man will be judged on how much alcohol he can consume and a woman will be impressed by it, whether she likes it or not. What? 20th century, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely how it works. That's my value system. I've lived my life according to that creed for over 20 years. Doug says a star never pukes or passes out in public and then he falls down the subway stairs. (laughs) Immediately just turns and... Holy shit! Acting his ass on, by the way, when he falls. Not the fall, because obviously that's a stuntman. Yeah. But the noise he makes. Ah! Also acting his ass on in this scene, Tom Cruise. Because I don't think he's ever been drunk before after I watched this. No. I don't think he's a guy that cuts loose in that way but back in the 80s that that's how people when they say act drunk it's just a lot of like flopping your head around right. and stumbling and staggering yeah they weren't like doing movie podcasts Mm-mm. method acting wasn't really that big that's what that is yeah neither was fluoride and drinking water because everyone's got yellow teeth in this film yellow ass teeth yeah tom cruise has a good set though no the color's off no? and this is before he got them fixed oh. cruise is having pizza for breakfast and for his hangover coglin's diet Cocktails and dreams. Ah, ah, he, he said, said it, it. He said, said it. it. Not a bad name for a place. Cruz wants to set up their own place. Doug mocks the get rich quick books. Cruz says positive thinking is what they need. And now Doug is considering a partner. 50-50, 70-30, 60-40. No, he asks, can I live with young Flanagan? And I said, <laughs> do you feel the tension in the air right now? Because at that moment, I interpret it as, yo, can I move in with you, man? I thought that too. <laughs> he just wants a partner. I see it in pink neon. Blink, blink, blinkity blink. Cut to a bar going crazy for them chanting, do it, do it, do it. And, and then I noticed it was a TGI Fridays. I was like, what? <laughs> Has it been a TGI Fridays this whole time? I want to know, as the crowd's chanting, do it, do it, do it. They want them to fuck or make drinks because neither's <laughs> happening. <laughs> One of them would really move this story along. They made two drinks, and there's easily 50 people crowding the bar. Hippie, hippie, shake. Mike, good song, bad song? Great song in the moment. Wait, hold on. 
<laughs> in the moment. In the moment. It seems like a fun bar. If this was the energy around the bar, I don't care if I'm not getting a drink. I really am not because it's fun. Did you guys ever see? It was a classic MTV Movie Awards bit with Ben Stiller when he played Tom Cruise's stunt guy. And it was a whole thing on the life of Tom Cruise's stunt guy. We've worked together for so long now. It's almost like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like we, we almost finish each other's sentences. Kind of. I mean, I don't, I don't think we've ever finished each, each other's, other's sentences. sentences. <laughs> <laughs> a scene that they do in Cocktail when he was, when he was Tom Cruise's double in Cocktail. It's actually a really good impression of Tom Cruise in the movie because he's just throwing shit everywhere. <laughs> and his energy is infectious. So you don't care how terrible this guy is at his job. It's like a dueling piano bar. Except the piano players aren't there to make drinks. <laughs> They're there to play the fucking piano. All right. Yeah. And no one's getting drinks here. You go to a table for that shit at a TGI Friday, <laughs> Zach Harper. Then there's like a bald guy at the bar who's like, why are you wasting your talents in here? And I said, what talents? I got the hottest joint in the city. He's a scout. He's scouting him. He's got the hottest saloon in town. That's what it is. The hottest <laughs> saloon. Again, they don't know what a fucking saloon is. I'll tell you what is in a saloon. Cell block. That is not a saloon. <laughs> it's not. No. Cell block. I wrote, I think this is the prison from Lionheart where they fight to the death. Like that is what this looks like. It is. I thought it was the stage from the showgirls dance number where they have the bikes whizzing around the stage. There's just these people on these like landings. I'm like, what do they do there? I thought it was the pit from the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> <laughs> There's no music being played in this place. No. Crowd is cheering for a man in a suit with a briefcase. Everyone goes silent. I'm the world's first yuppie poet. Bullshit. Bullshit. The poem is entitled The Bottom Line. Stick it in your Volvo. Money isn't everything, they say. Okay, so what is sex? It's better than sushi. Did you ever make love to a pauper? Me, you. I'd rather have a camel. Revolution? It takes money to overthrow the government, you know. That's deep. Arch? The more it costs, the better it is. And that's the bottom line! Because Stone Cold says so. What the hell is going on here? This is a poem club? <laughs> the crowd chants for more poems. Cruz grabs a bottle, gets on the bar, whistles for everybody's attention. Someone says, give us a kiss, you sexy beast. I'm the world's last barman poet. I see America drinking the fabulous cocktails I make. America's getting stinking off everything I stir, shake. The sex on the beach, the schnapps made from peach. Make me one. Gina Gershon starts taking pictures of him in the crowd. The person who yelled, make me one, that's me. <laughs> yeah, hurry up. Yeah, get this shit going. I just want to drink. <laughs> and Mike's just off in the crowd yelling, dance. More poetry. Dance for us. <laughs> More poetry. I want to have fun. I'm at the jukebox trying to find Robert Palmer. I'm sweating my pee. <laughs> The Alabama Slammer. I make things with juice and froth. The pink squirrel. The three-toed sloth. I make drinks so sweet and snazzy. The iced tea. The kamikaze. <laughs> the orgasm. <laughs> the death spasm. The Singapore sling. The ding-a-ling. A Roger. A love one. Joystick. Dong. Zipper lizard. Tally whacker. Trouser snake. Schlong. America, you're just devoted to every flavor I've got. But if you want to get loaded... Why don't you just order a shot? Thanks, Dr. Seuss. He takes the shot, screams the bar is open, and I wondered, 
have they been waiting for the fucking poetry this whole night just to get drinks going? Is that the business model? They were trying to offer people drinks, but people were too into the poetry. <laughs> they wanted poems, but standing right next to Gina Gershon's fine ass is Ronnie LaMaster. Wait, really? <laughs> Blonde mullet. Larry Bird mustache. Good for him. That's like an extra 300 bucks for that uh, for another scene. I think he might come back again later. I think so too, Maze. Is he in Kokomo? Wait, this is like Dan Cortez. It's like Dan Cortez <laughs> in Demolition Man where he plays multiple <laughs> extras. He's just everywhere. <laughs> there are some Peg Bundy-ass vibes coming from Gina Gershon, and I do not have a problem with it. I am in. Ow! I'm sorry, what was that? That was uh, Peg Bundy saying, ow! No? No. Do we know what Pig Bundy is? Pig Bundy is Al Bundy's wife. Are you saying Pig Bundy or Peg Bundy? What are you saying? Peg. I'm saying Al. I'm saying what Peg Bundy says is Al. But how are you saying it? Al. Because she's always whining. Peg Bundy, the original Carla Gugino. Gina Gershon asked for an orgasm. She'd like to try the orgasm. How many would you like? Multiple. <laughs> Here comes a synchronized Dance drink making number to a weird Elvis all shook up cover. I actually like that cover. I think it's good. He throws the ice in the air and then catches one. Doug doesn't <laughs> catch any of them, but he laughs. <laughs> and then he goes and he scoops ice because there was no ice cubes in his glass. There is so much cocaine missing from this film. <laughs> That's the only way to explain it. Cocktail. Everyone's on so much cocaine. The bartending is so inefficient. Same note too, bro. This is when I really started to notice that every shot they're bobbling or yeah. completely mishandling the bottle or the glass and just imagining the number of takes. That these scenes took. If you go to cell block on a Friday night, are you hoping to get a drink? No. Three poems, one drink. No, I'm there for the poetry. (laughs) (laughs) Two Americas, by the way, because I would never go to a bar called cell block. (laughs) Three poems, two Americas, one drink, four hours. I mean, would you feel like that's a trap? (laughs) That's like, come to cell block. She wants to take his picture, put him in Rolling Stone, and that's when Doug slides over like Chris Collinsworth, puts his arm around Tom Cruise, says that's his protege. She wants him out of the shot, and all I could think of was forgetting Sarah Marshall. Frankenstein, out of the shot! (laughs) Matumbo, out of the shot! She says, that's great. Can you move aside? I can't fit you both in. Wait a bit. Yes, she could (laughs) have. It was very mean. Got to a hotel or something. I don't know where the fuck they are. There's a fireplace. There's a big-ass bed. He stops fucking to drink champagne. That can't be a thing, right? It's not every day you see a 69 with the dude on top. It's true. That's an aggressive 69. That's a 69 with an exclamation point. You must be vaxxed and waxed. Amin's watching it right now, but he's... (laughs) (laughs) They're staying at Fanola's apartment, once again, from Staying Alive, another luxury abode. He's tickling her and she goes nuts and they fall off the bed. What the fuck just happened? Oh, I I thought that was sex. And I said, that sex looks terrible. He was tickling her. Right? Yeah. From the trivia, Gina Gershon, very ticklish. Oh. That's what he actually did. In the scene, it's supposed to be there fucking getting it down. Raucous lovemaking. Apparently that's her home, and I wonder if she's like Ansel Adams or something, because I don't know where the fuck she's got that kind of money taking pictures in New York. <sighs> Sign me up. <laughs> she wants to sit at the bar during his next shift and wait like all bartenders' girlfriends do. I'm conflicted here, because that's clingy as fuck, but it is Gina Gershon, so I'm willing to make some compromises it's very presumptive gina gershon as a millionaire by the way who lives in a brownstone that she owns the entire building 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Come right ahead. She's the editor of Rolling Stone, apparently. She can call the shots. She would, 40 years later, run Metal Arc Media. <laughs> when he leaves her place, he does the Dr. Evil celebration. Yeah. Remember when Dr. Evil throws the big globe into the thing? He just fist pumps on the way there. Three of them are in this shitty apartment watching George Foreman beat the shit out of somebody. But the fight, I, I looked it up, the fight's from at least 10 years before, minimum. And it's the daytime. But really what they're doing is sports. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Giants paraphernalia in there too, by the way. Oh, what a shithole apartment. But I think it's the same apartment from Look Who's Talking. It's either that or it might be the, the apartment from Soul Man. There's a lot of vibes of Soul Man in there, too, with that kitchen. Oh, geez. Either wash your hands or paint the cabinets. You can't have it both. <laughs> Doug lost 50 on that fight. Turns the TV off. Asshole moves. Wants to know what this great idea is for him to piss on. Crew's research setting up cocktails and dreams. They can start up for as little as 75K. Then he unrolls a poster of Jamaica. Tits first. No, man. Which we make... In Jamaica, man. Oh, God, Brian. Like that. Mm. Jamaica, south of Soho. Oh, yeah, man. Very south of Soho. The Caribbean Jamaica, man. Gina says she met a bartender doing a shoot who makes three to $400 per day. That's basically three months of work for them. Tax-free, I looked it up. Expense-free, too. As long as they don't have to spend any money, they can get it in like 93 days. Cruz says winter in the tropics, spring in New York, everything off the books. Jet-setting bartenders. The dream. Now it's a basketball movie. Sports. (laughs) Tom Cruise is Bob Cousy with his set shot. And I wrote Bob (laughs) Cruzy. Also, Tom Cruise, stunt double. Whenever we're seeing the back of him. (laughs) I think if you're going to be a really good stunt double, you have to really become one with the actor. You have to walk like the actor, uh, talk like the actor, uh, legally change your name to sound like the actor's. I don't think of myself as a stunt double, really. It's more like I'm a stunt one bull. The form on the jump shots are completely different. What? When it's a behind-the-back shot. You don't think that was him? It's one dude shooting. When it's full frontal of him, it's the Bob Cousy. Vladdy Divac also played with a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> he did. Doug thought Gina's name was Carl, but it's Coral. Why is it, do you think these chicks are named after inanimate objects? There's nothing inanimate about Coral. Would he have been more in on Gina Gershon if her name was, in fact, Carl? <laughs> she looks like a Carl. He's thinking about The Walking Dead, the way my the main dude talks about his son. Carl! 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 It's hard to, to discern with an Australian accent. Carl. Number one. Number two, Coral, not an inanimate object. It's a living species. It was also very mean to Mike in the real world return to New York. Oh, my God. I always thought that they were just going to be like friends forever. Tension. Yeah, a lot of tension. Tension that whole season. Big time. (laughs) Ten bucks behind the line. Shoot till you miss. Discussing Gina's living situation. Does she have any guy's pictures there? Maybe she hides them when she goes out. Look at her ring finger. White circle from the wedding band. Could be an unattached millionaires. Hook shot for four straight makes. Bob Cruzy flips it over his head. 50 bucks. Tom Cruise is that classic. Woo! He jumps on Oprah's couch and celebrates <laughs> the make. Woo! Doug says 50 bucks says Gina's in the sack with some other guy before the week's out. That's a bet. And then he misses the shot. Foreshadowing. Time for work. Cruz seems bothered. And Jesus fucking Christ. Look at Gina Gershon. Oh, my God. <sighs> 
six to midnight, man. This is too much, man. This is so abrupt here. She walks up to the bar, kisses Doug, makes eye contact with Cruz, and he looks away. Doug, you dirty Mac and some bitch. Has he risen to the top of our Dirty Mac Hall of Fame standings? I don't think there's anything dirtier of a Mac than Wait, this. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Ben Affleck in Reindeer Games pretended to be a dead dude. No. <laughs> No. To bet a woman that he's never met. Well, well, that's bad. I raised you betting someone that his girlfriend will sleep with someone else before the week is through. <laughs> and being that guy, oh, that's Dirty Mac Hall of Fame. Also super distracting this scene. A guy orders a screwdriver at night. I didn't like that. They were out of drinks to mention. They couldn't just keep saying orgasm all movie. She says to him, she takes it back. He won't be famous. Too bad you couldn't keep your mouth shut about her sex life. It only gets better. I bet it does. Mm -hmm. I bet that thing is just an upward trajectory. Yeah, the tick will fall off the bed. That's just the first time maneuver. (laughs) Doesn't get better than that. A reverse 69 on the first (laughs) night. (laughs) Aperitif. Cruz confronts Doug, asking if he made a move on Coral. 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 Had to get his money back. You know how I felt about her. He says, how can you feel anything for an assembly line hump that does the book on the first date? I wrote, was that fucking English? What the fuck does any of that mean? <laughs> I want to use does the book as my term for sex from now on. Doug says he did him a favor. Coglin's Law. Yes. Never tell tales about a woman. She'll hear you no matter how far away she is. You're welcome. Do these guys ever make drinks? No, they never make a fucking drink. You fucking son of a bitch. It's a movie about bartending where no one tends bar. The fuck I will. (laughs) (laughs) That was a great line delivery. Like, the fuck I will. It was great. I watched this while President Biden was delivering his address on Afghanistan. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. (laughs) The last time we had Mike on a podcast, he foreshadowed DMX's death, by the way. I want to point that out. That's true. Yeah. So I'm confused as to which I wrote this note for. A lot of finger pointing, but no real answers or no explanation (laughs) why things fell apart so quickly. I've got no idea if that's for Biden's presser or this movie. Either way, I think it works. Where Cruz comes from, you don't do that to your friends. Where you come from, they're still saluting the flag and making novenas. He's from Miami? (laughs) (laughs) He's from Westchester? Doug gets up with a broken bottle, holds it up to Cruz's neck. I've never actually seen that move outside of a cartoon. You want to cut me? Come on! No brawling in here goes for the help. I don't work here anymore. Cruz is acting his ass off in this scene, man. Cruz leaves, can't hail a cab, and that's when Kokomo starts playing. Pan over some water, and we're in paradise, boys. Aruba, Jamaica, ooh, I wanna take ya. Bermuda, Bahama, come on, pretty mama. Key Largo, Montego, baby, why Banger of a song. Amazing song. the floor of the keys. There's a place called Kokomo That's where you wanna go To get away from it all Bodies in the sand Drop the cocaine melting in your hand We'll be falling in love To the rhythm of a steel drum band Down in Kokomo as Tom Cruise heads to Jamaica, we head to a part two of the cocktail episode of Cinephobe with 
special guest, Mike Ryan. Make sure you check that out on Friday right here on your Cinephone feed. Hey, wait, I thought we were going to Jamaica. Friday, man. <laughs>